Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strengths perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. We're excited to be here with you all as we are kicking off this second episode in true podcast format. And that's quite different from how we've done it in the past, so we're still learning and figuring things out as we go. Yes, for those of you who listened in last time, you might have had to turn your volume up to a (laughs) high decibel, and then if you were like me, got back in your car and XM Radio started at um, a higher volume (laughs) than maybe what your neighbors are used to hearing. Um, We had had great feedback. Mm -hmm. Great feedback. And I... For those of you who took the time to say, hey, this is what I got out of that, I cannot even begin to tell you what worth and meaning that gives to me. Um, because when we sit down to do these, we have no idea. First of all, will, will anyone be listening? Um, secondly, what will they take out of it? Mm-hmm. And I think I'd be hard-pressed to remember what we actually talk about. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so to have someone say, wow, I got this, or thank you for this, or this is what I took from this, that really adds purpose um, to what we do and the time that we spend together. Um, This is so unscripted, literally (laughs) unscripted, um, that it's really nice to know that it has intent and Mm -hmm. and purpose. We are intentional about taking the time to to think about um, ways to share um, our perspective and also how we utilize our strengths um, through time. But also I think we are intentional about sharing the resources that we have yeah. and the, um, the value of a strength-based conversation. Yep. It does not have to be scripted. It does not have to be specific. It doesn't have to be planned. Um, it can be through any dialogue. Um, this weekend I had the opportunity to do a little bit of strengths training with a group of, um, they're calling them fellows, I like that. And what I did is I took my unique, awesome name card and added where strengths were being utilized. Awesome. So through um, the heart in my unique, awesome name card is where my empathy lies. Um, Through the music is where I see my strategic because it's not just about the notes you play. It's about the pause. It's about the rests. Um, I'm trying to think, but it, I'll have to show it to you. I, it just came nice. to me to use my unique awesome name card and tie my strengths into it. I love it. don't know why I hadn't thought of that before, but one of the things that stood out to me this morning is I, I have a morning ritual and I was doing a little bit of reading. Um, the Sarah Ban Brethnock book, Simple Abundance, which I've talked a lot about on Jen and Millie. The quote today that really um, resonated with me was around the concept of of what you're doing and how you're spending time doing it. You're not always paid in monetary. Sometimes you're paid in wonder. And I I love that word a lot. But to think about the things that you do in work and in life that are tasks at times that are often paid to you through wonder. So for me to, to hear back from someone, thank you for this because I'm with you or I feel where you are, that helps me to think about the wonder, yeah. the, the thought, the think time, um, and the ways that we can point think time in a more meaningful direction. That is so great. I love it, and I love thinking about 
too, just even as you were talking, how easy conversations are around strengths and how really that's kind of our intention is to say the strengths-based perspective through which we see the world, right, is what we call our tagline Mm -hmm. and how it's just our normal world or just looking at it with this filter on it. Right. We did it the whole time during staff day. Yep. And you and I sitting next to each other, I I like it, but I don't because I need you to be further away from me so, so that I can make eye contact. I literally have to look. Tess, are you looking? Because we can hear it. Yes. And it's so obvious. And then when I did the training Saturday morning without you there, I kept I was almost looking for you in the room. Did you hear that in election? Did you hear that strategic? Um, it's just part of what we do. And it's not because I don't think, granted, our education and strengths has helped, but it's more about the practice. And it's more about the Jen and Millie conversations Mm -hmm. and the strengths trainings and the putting together blog format and the putting Mm -hmm. together resources that I think lead us to do it more often, almost in every dialogue and conversation. I really have been practicing lately at church. We're in this big weekend it's almost like a conference about um it's you know and take this for what it is we i totally am open and accept all beliefs but my church practices um what's called prophetic presbytery where they bring in certain people and they train leaders within the church and then bring leaders from outside the church to specifically hear words from god believing that god is speaking to us and can speak to us all the time we just have to listen and um and so one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is cleaning out like the wax in my ears. Like what are the other voices <laughs> I'm listening to or what are the other things oh. that cloud my ears? And I think that's exactly too when we talk about a strengths based perspective. It's just tuning in to that voice and that mindset over all the other ones, over the negativity, over the uh, judgment over the suspicion of other people. It's just choosing to say, I'm going to tune in to the voice and the mindset that says I'm going to believe the best about people, and therefore I'm just going to look for it because it's there. But it does take practice. Yeah, it does. Because I think it still is easy for me to identify the not-so-strengthy things. Mm -hmm. Um, This past week I – got a tremendous amount of feedback on a post that I wrote on Facebook about my kid's bonus mom. Um, I don't like the phrase stepmom. Um, my kid's bonus mom, Abby. And it really was startling to me how much feedback and, and really how people were moved by it. Because, and I think those of you who are around me a lot hear me talk about Abby as one of my favorite people in the world all the time. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. nothing that I said in that post that you haven't heard me say before, but it was the fact that there's someone on social media saying what is good and right about a person who has impacted their world. Yeah. And typically, or at least what I've heard is that not everybody has stories like that in our situation. Yes, of course. It's because Abby and I are both willing to come to the table and see one another for the importance and the value that we bring. Mm-hmm. And when I when you said, you know, cleaning cleaning out the wax, the little bit gag. <laughs> I know, um, sorry, that was not a great I tried to right. like change my picture immediately when I said it because then I realized who I was talking to. <laughs> well, we were just trying to not trying think to about no Q tips <laughs> here. But thinking about that is a conscientious choice that we have to make. And one of the things that Abby has said about me is that we, 
both of us, we come to the table with leaving the insecurities behind, mm. leaving any potential jealousy behind, leaving that behind so that we can be the best for our kids. That's awesome. And at the end of the day, that's mm. the most important thing to me. I mean, that's, that's all I can do. Yeah. Um, so this weekend we had a, a family wedding. Um, the Bresnahan side, there's 11 siblings, so a lot of aunts and uncles, or a lot of aunts um, in particular on that side. And my cousin Steph got married, um, and that's kind of what the toast was about, was really present your best self and mm-hmm. accept all those things that come with and, and continue yeah. to do that on a regular basis day after day. That's where the hard work is. Yeah. Um, and I still have to practice it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to add a little um, appendix in my post because we did not get there overnight. Mm-hmm. And it did not happen right away. And what we do is not for everyone. Um, to have a blended family get together on Mother's Day and family dinners is probably not for everyone, mm-hmm. but it works for us. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've thought about that too, Tess, in the concept of not just what's in my own ears, but actually all, all the words that I may yeah. fill other people's ears with. Mm-hmm. And would I rather my newsfeed my social media posts, my choice of how I send an email, would I rather that be just as positive as what I wrote about Abby, which mm-hmm. I mean, um, can I do that with more intentionality for others? That's awesome. So, mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't necessarily choose social media for joy. No, not in general, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a lot of that out there yeah. that, um, I have a choice yeah. with what I post. Definitely. Also, I like to post a lot around the photography that I'm not good at yet and uh, working on that. But I post it as a sense of this is something I'm trying to do. It's accountability. And by putting it out there publicly, it helps me be assured that maybe maybe there's a sunset picture that resonated with you. Um, maybe there's a, a picture of a frog. That was something that I don't typically take pictures of. But Mike pointed it out to me when we were camping, and I, I looked for it. I didn't see it. Hmm. And he made me stop because I just like to get around to this other angle so I can take another picture of the sun. And he said, no, look at that frog. Do you see that frog right there? And so I, I got right down there and, and took a picture of it. So it challenges me to see things from a different angle and something I wouldn't de- wouldn't yeah. typically look at or take a picture of. Um, and I think your willingness to post and to put stuff on Facebook when it's not maybe up to the quality or standards that you want to be at. For sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, yes, we, okay, so I didn't want to, like, offend you. But, um, but when it's not up to that is I think uh, social media tends, people tend to put their best self out there. And so you assume that that's everyone's life is a perfect life that where I love my kids' bonus mom all the time, right? You know, or love right. my, my blended family right. situation all the time, no. which I know is not the case, right? There's a lot of hurt and a lot of wounds with that. Yes, but there might be a presentation on social media because we post the high moments mm-hmm. that that's what life is like, that that's what that relationship is like all the time, right. that that's what you know. So your willingness to be vulnerable, even in in your area of growth, right? That I'm not yes. a great photographer yet. Sometimes we don't wait. We wait until we get to the yet to present it right. rather than in the midst of it saying, I'm struggling with this and I'm learning mm-hmm. with this and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a great place to be. Mm-hmm. Right. 
that's where my personal blog originated from. Yeah. And I continue to to try to to do that, but also to understand that there's really never an end point. There's not a, I'm not going to reach a graduation date. And a great way that this was exemplified to me was a mentor whose first name is Helga, who happened to be at the Lincoln Growth Mindset session, which is on um, the Mentor Resource Library under Growth Mindset. It's now um, on the Dropbox. I had to think about it where it was. And she, I hope every single person goes and listens to what she had to say. If I could have scripted to have someone right there in the front row and called on her. Helga's example, in Growth Mindset, I ask people to think about a success in their life. And it can be from as minimal as I got the laundry done last night to obtaining your doctorate, whatever that is for you. And Helga's example was about learning English as a second language because she came from Germany. And the way she did it was by watching Mr. Rogers and soap operas. And she told a story about going to the grocery store and struggling with the word raisins. And they had so little at the time. And she was trying to make a cake with raisins. And she ended up going home with two boxes of raisin bran, which was expensive, and having to sift through to find the raisins. And she said, let me tell you, there are not two scoops in every box of raisins. (laughs) But she spoke about it in this most incredible way and how she's still learning. And I don't know how old Helga is, but I would venture to guess, I mean, she talked about growing up in World War II in Germany where she was writing at her desk at school and, you know, hearing bombs. And so Helga's older than we are. And her concept of growth mindset was the continuation, that there's never really this end point. And as she was speaking, I was... (laughs) I mean, my eyes were, of course, just getting all sorts of teary. But it was her joy in the learning. And Mr. Rogers, as an example, I really couldn't even script that any better. And then later she told me that her kids helped her at, through song lyrics. So I asked her, or pop music, I asked her what kind of music I'm just dying to know. It was Metallica and Kiss. You are such a kindred spirit with her. I just loved her. So... I think sometimes when I go in to teach something, I am delighted by all the learning, all the wonder mm-hmm. that happens as a result. Wow. I, I didn't script that. Mm-hmm. And I will, I will never forget her. I will never forget her. And I don't think anyone else that was present for that will either. Mm-hmm. It's pretty powerful. Well, awesome. So today we wanted to talk with you all about an activity that Allie and I were both recently introduced to. Um, Our executive director of teammates, Sarah Waldman, facilitated this activity at our staff day last week. And um, she was inspired by a book that, um, that she had begun reading after hearing about it from the Global Leadership Summit. And um, the book is, um, I will let you know what the name of it is because <laughs> I, I wrote I, it down somewhere but did. I don't um, know where that currently it's um it, it's called Alive at Work Alive at Work by Daniel Cable we'll make sure we put it on our Pinterest worth mentioning board and um it's about the neuroscience of 
um, people of being people that are really happy to be at work, being alive at work. And um, from that, one of the activities that she facilitated, um, she had us create new job titles. I thought this was your doing. So she, no, I Did just you came see in. me with my mom beam like next <laughs> to no, you? I just came in with the strengths questions at the end. No, <laughs> this is all her, her Well idea, done, Sarah. Well done. Yeah, it was an awesome activity. No, I just helped out with the strengths questions. They're good. Um, so we like to make sure that we start or um, somewhere throughout our day, make sure we um, have a strengths emphasis because we're, you know, as teammates, a strengths-based organization, obviously. And I think that it makes sense to have... Um, as much as we talk about having a strengths-based lens um, through which we see the world, there are very important times where I think it is, it makes a lot of sense to have intentional strengths-based activities, right? Just like we're equipping all of you with, mm-hmm. that it, it might seem a little prescriptive, but that prescription of an activity helps get our mindset around the strengths language, right? right? And so sometimes it might seem like, okay, here, let's check off the list of strengths activity, or let me check off the list my, um, you know, hope and, and strengths cards with my mentee. But even though it might start like that, it helps us to have this language, right? We mm-hmm. see it more quickly. We recognize it more quickly. So, Well, I think it comes back to we, we are who we say we are. I mean, as an organization, I think we all love being part of that integrity. But to say we're a strength-based organization means it starts with us. Oh, definitely. So to have a staff day activity, um, to have a, a, an activity before a board meeting, to have an activity before, whether you're in a corporation or not, um, you know, a business corporation or a nonprofit or you're talking about with your family, to have some dialogue around it. I loved that, of course, I loved this activity, and you had kind of spotted that I would. Yep. <laughs> um, but the activity was really designed, what's, what is a way for you to create a new job title that describes your role in a way that maybe others do not know? So last time I think we talked about how I've been asking my kids about, tell me about a surprise or what surprised you. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved this activity because the what others may not know just feeds my input <laughs> feeds my input I I think my common phrase is tell me what I'm missing and I think to be able to describe something to someone in a in the perspective of what you may not know yeah. when we did the Jen and Millie on the assumptions made about our generation mm-hmm. that was really insightful to me mm-hmm. and I like to think about how could I ask someone something so that they could answer in a way that they feel heard, but also in a way that they might be misunderstood yeah. so that they can provide clarity for me. And I, I think this activity did that. So, And I wanna spot you for just a moment. I think it also was maybe an activity you loved because this part about what you may not know, it was what you may not know about my role. And there's something about individualization yes. that loves the uniqueness of people. Mm-hmm. So they hate to be put in a box. Yep, oh, true. Right? And yes. so the ability to express what you think others may not understand. Because I feel like there's, I, I think there's a plight of individualization that is, I, we feel misunderstood a lot. <laughs> because I think we understand uniqueness well, so we understand our own uniqueness. So I very clearly know when someone is not understanding me, or not valuing me, mm-hmm. or not realizing what I'm contributing right to this and so I think this exercise was so much fun because I got to share the way that I uniquely see my role 
what others may see as providing data or stats or whatever, and I'll get into my own specific example with my title, I got to show what, how I view the things that I do. Mm-hmm. And I got to use my empathy when that we had a, an experience last week where your individualization was not being honored. And my empathy just immediately got right in there with you. And I wanted to say, I hear you, and we'll work together on this. And I tried to do it in a way that that allowed your role to be heard and understood and valued, and at the same time representing that we were a team mm-hmm. and we would work on it together yeah. so that you weren't didn't feel alone. And, I, I mean, I r- literally thought – do I have an empathy alarm that is <laughs> this right up? Because yeah, just I it's sense the tears in your eyes. <laughs> I know I sense it, but I love the plight of individualization as a phrase, Tess. That's really really good. But I think in everything that we do, particularly working in a nonprofit world, there is a lot on people's plates, and so I think the insight of this activity is to think about with everything that you have going on, what's something that you're doing that maybe people don't understand or people don't know about. So um, a role or a title, a new title, and we had a a name card that we created and we were encouraged to carry it around the rest of the day and to put it up here at work and I brought mine in today. Um, This new title describes what maybe others don't know. And then the strengths pieces were, what's a strength that enhances this title? What's a strength that might get in the way? And then what's a strength that you're going to aim in relationship to this title? So I'll share first, I recreated my role, my title to be the designer of heart work. Hmm, I'm a big fan (laughs) of that term. Um, Also, I'm not big on metaphors, but this just so happened to fall into one because heart work is hard work. And I think my role within teammates is to really think about conscientiously what do mentors need, what do mentees need, what do they need to have conversations, and that's where the heart work is, where you're building trust, where you're building relationships. Um, So when I was thinking about the designer of heart work, the strengths that enhance that, of course, empathy and my connectedness. Mm -hmm. The strength that often gets in the way for me is woo because I want to design heart work that is applicable to everyone and if they don't like it, it's, it's difficult for me or if there is a match that is not getting what they need. Yeah. I feel there, we have 9,000 matches and I literally, it's not a joke, that I am thinking about 9,000, 18,000 different individual perspectives when I try to put things together. Yeah. Well. And how will the learner and each person be honored if they sit in on this academy or they listen in on this webinar or they go to the mentor resource library and the link doesn't work (laughs) you know how will they feel I mean I literally am considering that and every single match story matters to me so Mm -hmm. a strength that can get in the way you know might be a little bit of the woo and also a little bit of empathy and then the strength that I'm pointing in this new title designer of heart work is my strategic and I really did um, already work today on ways that I can get this information out in a more concise way and a more appealing way. That's awesome. Hmm. So I love your title, Allie. It is totally 
it totally aligns, I think, with so many of your strengths. And I think it's interesting. We had a, an incredible email back this week from uh, the program coordinator in the Omaha Catholic chapter, Jen. And I hope you're okay with us giving you this bit of a shout out. But she talked a, a little bit about um, her strengths in the basement and her strengths under stress. And I think that it's interesting because we can I can very easily see how all of your strengths come up to enhance this title. But I think it takes intentionality to see how they all can get in the way every single one of them absolutely designer of heart work h-e-a-r-t work mm-hmm. empathy can get in the way of that absolutely right? yes right? especially when you're talking about on such a massive scale mm-hmm. of heart work with eighteen thousand individuals right that can be overwhelming yes. <laughs> over a wide yeah mm-hmm. widespread of geography and so um it's i think it's it's so good to be cognizant of how all of our strengths function positively and negatively um they can at any given moment in the balcony and in the basement Mm -hmm. um so I love that well and the responsibility of this is important to me I mean Mm -hmm. I take my role very seriously yeah and the responsibility of hard work uh, responsibility is not where is responsibility for me I don't even know I think it's low I think it's pretty low probably (laughs) sorry everyone in my life (laughs) but the responsibility that I take for this I think really honors my top five mm-hmm. and my connectedness. You can't see Definitely. me, but I was pointing to the map behind us that shows the geographic area in which we are program-wide. Mm-hmm. Um, the responsibility of that, I take very seriously. Definitely. Thank you for spotting those strengths. Of course. Of course. Um, so my title, uh, when we redesigned our title, was uh, is Defender of Mission and Vision. And I loved this exercise too, and I think when I talked about the plight of individualization, as those of you know who listen, who have been listening into us for a while, I also have individualization in my top five. And um, I think that especially in my role, I can get very easily get misperceived as the angry data lady. I, I really think I do, and I don't know if that's my own misconception, but I think I, um, I, think I get that a lot. <laughs> um, and just because I feel like I'm chasing down people to turn in their data if they haven't, or um, constantly asking, you know, when am I going to get this back, or even internally in staff, I'm right now working on our um, program-wide committee dashboards, and so I have to chase down four or five different staff members to get data to put on this dashboard every quarter, and every quarter it's the same request, and every quarter it's the same people that get things in on time, and the same people that I have to chase down forever, and I sure. the dashboard gets in late, uh, and so... For me, I think that that's really, it's it's hard for me to be, an, I am so wired to do my role, I love my role, I love to do research, but there's this flip side, because most of the world doesn't like necessarily numbers and data, and especially most of the people that we work with in our teammates' world, that I think sometimes I become the angry data lady. And so I loved this exercise because I think it helped me. Thank you um, for not choosing angry data lady for your <laughs> for my job title. No, it wasn't. That would have been funny, but it would have been rough. Um, Defender. Yes. And I think that that's where there is misperception sometimes because when you're on the defense, yes. you might be a little more closed or a little more, um, and I picked that word intentionally because it has positive and negative connotations to it, that um, I sometimes feel like I am defensive in what I do because I need to uphold our mission and our vision. 
And that is really what I see my role as. When I talk with people who aren't in the nonprofit world or aren't in the research world, so 90% of the people I interact with, right? right. <laughs> like outside of my job, that nobody knows what I do or who I work for or what, you know, anything. I say that, um, you know, I tell them about teammates and then I say my role as the researcher is to say that what we do is what we actually do, right? It's to prove that we positively impact the world by inspiring youth to reach their full potential through mentoring. I have to prove that that's what we do, right? right. And so I'm defending that it, that is our mission, that I am defending the fact that we are going to become the gold standard of school-based mentoring and serve 12,000 youth by 2020. And that is what I carry with me when I approach the work that I do. So sometimes when I get frustrated or angry, um, when I don't get data in, it's because the life, the youth that's being impacted mm -hmm. in that mentoring relationship, we're not going to be able to report on. Right. I don't actually know. It's, 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 it goes both ways. For us, we're not getting the reporting, so we're not able to see that. But I also can't be assured that we are positively impacting that youth by inspiring them to reach their full potential because I can't see the data. Right. I don't have the survey responses back. The program coordinator or the, the data person has not turned in their data yet. So I can't be assured that we have integrity within what we're reporting yes, in that mentoring that relationship, right? That's exactly <laughs> it. Your, your understanding of the integrity behind the mission allows for that defense. And it's not a negative thing. So I was just thinking about the stories plus the data, and even the mm -hmm. way that you and I presented at Gallup Summit. I, warm, fuzzy stories, data that backs it. Mm -hmm. And think about, Tess, would you have signed up for teammates if all you heard was warm, fuzzy coming from me? Nope. Absolutely nope. not. <laughs> and I think what's important is for people to think about whether you're selling widgets or you're trying to get people to sign up for your, volunteering for your organization, you have to tell both. Yes. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to say, here is the story, and, and here's what backs this up. And we find that all the time. You can tell in training when, when we're talking about strengths. I do the warm fuzzy, and you back it up with the, you know, the data analysis that says this is, and this really mm -hmm. works. Yep. Um, I see your learner. Your learner allows you to teach like a professor at all times, but also to have the integrity of a professor who says, I'm going to, this is not something I'm making up yeah. this is not something that I just pulled this from a, a Google site this is how long the match has been made what the quality mm -hmm. is the true quality and you feel responsibility for that quality definitely so I think it's interesting how both of us kind of came to the table with our our role description with I take my job seriously mm -hmm. this is important to me um, and your context, I mean, listen to the words you use, prophetic, plight, that is old soul, <laughs> old soul words. I mean, you are not going, you are not going <laughs> to use a catchphrase. You're not going to use a catchphrase, not a popular newish. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you just have a prophetic wisdom in the way that you present it. And then you can't see her. But if you know any research or any analytics behind when people are passionate about what they're saying, <laughs> maybe you heard her doing this on the table, but also her hand gestures. It's just the two of us here with a microphone. Her hand gestures are so much about the passion behind the mm -hmm. point that you're trying to make. I do. I get fired up about it <laughs> so much. Right. 
But I think, um, even when I think back to when we started and all the different dialogues, the 26 different dialogues that we've had, you think about what you read, what you spend your free time doing. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. all around defending quality of what you say. Yeah. That there is proof behind what you just presented. Um, mm-hmm. So you're going to read about a philosopher and I'm going to read a novel about the keeper of good things. You know, mm. I, we're going to come to the table with our own, and again, this is honoring both of our individualization, that plight. Yeah. And so I'm thinking about 18,000 matches in a unique way, and you're thinking about the defense of 18,000 stories that can then build our program to yeah. be quadruple mm. the size based on the impact. That's good. Mm. So for the... Um, the strength I, um, that enhances, I talked a lot about uh, my context uh, being the strength and my strategic are the ones I think that I spotted that really, I think, enhance that idea of being the defender of mission and vision yes. because uh, my context, the ability to draw on maybe what we've done before, the history of the organization, but then also to draw on uh, the literature around mentoring and the understanding of best practices. And then... Uh, with my strategic, the ability to look at the patterns and see the underlying elements, the underlying variables that are really having an effect on the relationship, right? And uh, I think one that gets in the way often, I think the one that I mentioned, and I did not bring my name card with me, which is throwing me off, so um, I will have it tomorrow, no worries. But uh, the the strength I think that tends to get in the way though of that is my learner is actually what I talked about, right? Because I don't quite, in my intellection, and I think the reason that, especially that pair is I don't ever, I, I sometimes can be the person that's paralyzed into dis, like from decision making. And when I'm pressured into something without having the ability to have a full background and knowledge in it, is very difficult for me and it then paralyzes me. I am not, I totally make a decision. My strategic comes out. I can look at all the options and make a decision. But especially when it comes to defending our mission and our vision, if I have not had the opportunity to think things through, to gather all the information I need to gather and I'm forced into a decision, it stalls me. It stops me exactly in my tracks. And and so I think that that can sometimes be hard because it can seem like the progress we're making is really slow. And overall, I think as we're trying to define really what gold standard means to become the gold standard of school-based mentoring programs, that has been a slow evolution of thought because it has taken Mm -hmm. doing extensive literature review of mentoring research. It has taken doing case studies. It has taken um, lots of additional research that we aren't doing on an annual basis, but taking a look at our data with new perspective. Uh, new perspectives and so I think that that can sometimes get in the way of that Um, it probably isn't necessarily a negative but when it comes I think it can get in the way of of doing that Um, I hope you understand that I mean alive at work could not be better (laughs) I mean described in the way that you just described it so you see yourself sometimes as the angry data lady (laughs) I've been the data lady and let me tell you I didn't bring the passion about it that you do and I think if um, it's so helpful for us to know and understand why you're loving what you're doing. Mm. Um, for every job, there's someone who loves to do it. Yep. I did not love doing <laughs> any, I mean, really, um, that part of my role was something that 
it was hard for me to be excited about. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm thinking the person behind the the Civicor curtain, if they Mm -hmm. knew the passion that she brought to it, they would not see you as the angry data lady. Mm -hmm. I don't. (laughs) I see you as someone who's passionate about being able to show that the good work that we're doing has meaning, has purpose, Mm -hmm. has we're honoring the mission and value or mission and vision. Mm -hmm. We're, We're honoring that. And you're going to defend it. You'll be that knight that stands by it that says this is integrity. And who wouldn't want to be part of something, an organization Mm -hmm. that you can know that there's that knight defending the mission and and vision. Mm -hmm. The other thing that kind of came to mind is that the situation that we had, you were feeling, I think, quickly make a decision. And one of the things that I kind of stepped back and looked about that, because that was... You know, we don't have warm, fuzzy, rosy, perfect days at work all the time. Mm-mm. We love what we do, but they're not perfect all the time. And in that moment, I saw for both of us, we don't show up to anything without quality behind what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And it may yeah. seem sometimes with the adaptability and the go with the flow that it's assumed just, you know, off the cuff, let's put this together. That's just not how we roll <laughs> no. um, at all. No. And I think um, that's probably good in a lot of ways for us to be able to identify that, mm-hmm. that we do need time. We do come to these Jen and Millie conversations off the cuff, but not ill-prepared. There's a difference. Correct. Correct. There's a difference of not scripting and being ill-prepared. And I think we have trust within our relationship that we know the other one will be able to bring the other one here if there's yep. a deer in the headlight <laughs> sort of look um, but also that we are able to strength spot one another in those moments and I think there's a difference mm, definitely. Um, when we did this activity I was thinking about tough days at work mm. in mind yeah um, so I also I just noticed I love how you trademarked well I had to do that <laughs> as an after because someone borrowed it and didn't give me credit and I was kind of surprised at how defensive I became about that so I put a little <laughs> I, <laughs> I put a little trademark down here which I don't think it's supposed to be an R I think it's supposed to be a C C for copyright or is it an R registered trademark I think it depends on what kind of well I said heart work that was me I said that so um, <laughs> if you hear anybody else say it um, they borrowed it from me. So I, I was surprised at how kind of defensive I got in not being um, not being given credit for a metaphor that I used. And I don't typically like them. So mm-hmm. it was kind of interesting how I got defensive about it. Hmm. And I also think it gave me a lot of perspective on any time that we borrow anything from anyone, I need to make sure I give them credit yeah, for it. Yeah. And we try to do that in all of our resources on the Strengths Dropbox. You know, mm-hmm. down there in the corner, it says who it came from, where it came from. Yeah. Um, when we utilize anything on the blog, when we utilize um, anything in these conversations, just making sure that we give credit. And I'm glad you made mention to the Pinterest board. Mm-hmm. You'll have to find that through me. Allison Horn, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N-H-O-R-N-E on Pinterest and the um, board. The board. I was thinking tab. (laughs) The board is worth mentioning. 
and I'll make sure that I put a live at work and give credit to that resource there. That's great. And I'm glad we gave credit to Sarah. Oh, definitely. For That's designing so this hard. activity. Yeah. It was yeah, great. Definitely. It was a great one. So I love that you take that perspective of wanting credit where credit is due almost from, I think, do you think that's like communication or woo that wants to be, that needs that recognition for, no, where do you think that comes from? I don't know. It hasn't ever been a triggery thing before. for me. So. Because it, it definitely is for me. I am very, very certain to give credit where, where credit is, but I think it's just from my schooling. Of all of everything I ever turned in was run through systems that plagued for like plagiarism. plagiarism. And that was always, and I'm like, I never did, but I was always like hyper aware to make sure I did different, you know, I quoted everyone and gave credit where credit was due. Because you know, I don't know. I think recently I've kind of noticed mm-hmm. where I haven't been. I just, if I share something, I just feel if it's making the world a better place, use it. Mm-hmm. I don't care. But a couple times someone has said, hey, did you see that this part of this that you did was featured here? And I said, what? I didn't know. Hmm. And just even kind of a, hey, heads up, you know, whatever we did. I, I'm thinking about even with my photography. Yeah. The pictures that you put on, it's a um, Facebook group called Nebraska Through the Lens. I wouldn't put a picture up there that I didn't take. So I started thinking about that. And then people will say in there, is it okay, you know, feel free to share. And if you don't say that, then you would assume people won't just go out and share it. I don't know. I don't know where that's coming from. It didn't used to bother me. And a lot of people clearly have read my blog, my personal blog, and shared it because I see all the views. And I think there's no way 15 of my friends that are reading it have this many views. So you're clearly sharing it, which is great. And I think people are sharing about Jenna Millie, yeah. which is great because when we saw how many people are already. Well, we've already had like 27 downloads, I think, for our first episode, <laughs> which is not anywhere near. We're over 100 on our first episode on YouTube. Oh, but, yeah. But we'll get there. But we want people to share. We want yeah, people course, to share and say and, you know, tell people about it. And if it mm-hmm. resonates with you, it might resonate with someone who would benefit from hearing something that we said. That's mm-hmm. our goal. Yeah. So what we hope that you take away from this work and these questions that we did is we'd love for you to write a new title for yourself. Whatever your role looks like, if you are um, affiliated with teammates and are a program coordinator, I'm sure that's not your only role <laughs> within teammates. Um, if you're also a school counselor or do you know, something else within the school district, or if you are, you know, if you're a mother, um, if you are a volunteer in some other capacity, we'd love for you to write a new title for a title you currently have in your life. And what is that new title? What What does it say? What is it about that title that explains something that others may not have known about that role that you carry? Um, and then as you're doing that, think about what which of your strengths enhance that job title which of them might get in the way of it? And what's, what is one of your strengths you wanna intentionally aim um, as a result of this new, newly discovered, newly uncovered job title? You are brilliant. Oh, so you just did that without handing me notes even. <laughs> I didn't take notes about what you were saying. Context is a good memory. Um, so where should we put this? We'll put this in on the Instagram. Put it on Instagram and also put it on the notes for the when I publish the show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, and maybe soon to be Spotify. So stay tuned. So they'll be able to comment there. 
they, um, they'll be able to view that information okay. there. Um, but we'd love for you to comment and respond to us on our Instagram account. And I'm thinking maybe even if we put a picture of this and yeah. yours up on the Instagram account so that it gives kind of a visual to yes. go along with that. And then if you send us yours... Yes, we we'd would. love to feature those. We'd love to feature mm -hmm. those. Because last time when we asked the question on what are your favorite podcasts, I learned about things. Oh, so many new podcast recommendations. Thank you, everyone, for that. <laughs> I, ha I don't know. I have enough time in my uni like whole lifetime to Start be able to do this. Start listening at one and a quarter speed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up to over 100 hours since September 1. <laughs> anyway, so we um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to episode 26 of Jen and Millie. Uh, we are new to the podcasting world, so please give us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice. Um, as I mentioned, we are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean at the moment. Uh, to interact with us and to share the questions and the responses that we posed within this episode, follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at Jen and Millie. That's G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. -L -L -E. Until next time.